Welcome to the Mean Lady Talking Podcast, the tough-talking, advice-giving show by the not-really-mean, mean lady, Susan J. Elliott. Good day, everybody. This is Susan Elliott, host of Mean Lady Talking Podcast, and welcome to a revamp of episode. 74. I had published 74 for a, a, like a minute, and when I listened to it, I was losing my voice. It was really rough, and I pulled it back from where it was because I really thought that it wasn't okay to release. So this is the revamp. If any of you heard it, you would have had to have heard it as a meanie within like the first three minutes because I took it down as soon as I started listening to it. Anyway, this is the revamp of 74. As I said, I was sick for a couple of weeks and I saw my rheumatologist and my rheumatologist said that I'm taking a medication that is called Benlista. And what Benlista does is it suppresses the immune system because I have in autoimmune disease, in which case my immune system attacks itself attacks my organs. So it's overactive and we need to suppress it. So I take this medication called Benlista. And out of all the medications that I've taken for lupus, it's one that's been really helpful to me. But what he told me was that when I get an infection, I need to back away from it, not take my weekly dose of it because I need my immune system to kick back in and fight the infection. So that's one of the reasons why I was so sick and I and and it kept going on and on and on because I didn't skip any of the Benly stuff. Okay, so anyway, I don't want to bore you with my medical stuff, but I just wanted to say that I did try to check out like why, 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 why was I so sick and I couldn't figure it out and I couldn't get past it. So if I get sick again, I'm going to back off the Benly and hopefully whatever illness befells me, it won't be that bad. So what 74 was about originally was about ghosting. And I had watched the MTV show Ghosted. And I'm not going to repeat that episode, but I've done commentary on catfish episodes. So people wrote to me and said, have you seen Ghosted? And I said, no. And they said, it's like catfish. So I thought, well, how could it be like catfish? Like if you're ghosted, you sort of know the person where catfish is somebody's, you know, not being truthful with you. So anyway, I decided that I would watch this show Ghosted. And the original episode 74 was basically me telling you about the episodes that I had watched and why I thought they were ludicrous, and, you know, why I think the show shouldn't even be in existence. And I've said before that Catfish will always, always have an audience and always have people out there who are Catfish because of the thing that I talk about, frame of reference. It's something I talk about all the time. It's something that I try to pound into people's heads. When you're talking to somebody, basically in email, in text, you don't have a day-to-day relationship, you are creating that person in your head. That doesn't mean that that's who's on the other end. And even if you go on a dating site like 
plenty of fish or something like that. You want to date somebody and you think that they're just the greatest thing ever, but months and months go by and you haven't met them. And the, the person is being developed in your brain and it may not have anything to do with reality. And that's why I tell people, even if you go out on a date, everybody's going to be nice on a first date. Everybody's going to be on the best behavior on a first date. You can't jump to conclusions on a first date. Oh, that person was wonderful, really nice, really wonderful. You have to give it time. And the reason why Catfish is in the seventh season is because, and I don't think that Neve Shulman will ever run out of episodes, is because people want the relationship that they want and they create it in their head. And it's so easy to do when the other person is just a virtual person. They're not a real person. It's not day-to-day. They're not your 3 a.m. person. The roof isn't leaking. The dog doesn't want to go out. The baby's not crying. It is just a fantasy. And they can say, oh, you're wonderful and you're fabulous and people should love you. And I don't know how anybody ever let you go. You're just the greatest thing ever. And, you know, love you, love you, love you. And we want to hear those words and we fall for those words. And we're like, yes, this is what I always wanted somebody to say to me. Why couldn't my ex talk to me like this? Why? Because your ex was in the same room with you. And you were going through what Stephen Levine calls the terrible dailiness of life. And that's where things start to break down. A catfish relationship is based on fantasy And, you know, there's been people there who thought that they were in a relationship with Katy Perry. There's people on Catfish who thought they were in a relationship with Chris Brown. You know, they they go so far with these fantasies because it's what they want to believe. So anyway, I watched this ridiculous show, Ghosted, and it's true. They do want it to kind of have the same feel of as Catfish. The person who gets ghosted, they call the haunted ridiculous absolutely ridiculous and it seems like they try to build up this tension and build up this whole story and you know the whole thing seemed contrived to me it seemed ridiculous and one show the person had ghosted this other person four years before it's like after four years and the person's going I need closure I need closure and you guys know how I feel about closure Closure comes from inside you. It doesn't come from another person. Saying I need closure is just bullshit to keep you involved in the story. And then somebody wrote me and said, what do you think about soft ghosted? And I went, what? So now there's this new term called soft ghosting, which is when somebody's kind of keeping you on the line, they'll pop in now and again. How are you? Hi, sweetie, blah, blah, blah. But they're moving away. They go for long periods of time without speaking to you. You're no longer seeing each other in person. Nothing is really going on. You're just kind of hanging out. I had a client come to me and said that she was involved with somebody who had a lot of trouble in relationships. And he said to her, I'll put money on your Starbucks card and that's how you'll know that I'm still interested in you. And of course, when she told me this, the top of my head popped off. I was like, excuse me, what? No, 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 no. This isn't 
Guess what this means. Oh, I haven't talked to you in six weeks, but I put 10 cups of coffee in your Starbucks card. That means I still love you. That's all bullshit. Somebody popping in now and again, this thing that they're trying to now call soft ghosting. It's not soft ghosting. It's bullshit behavior. Ghosting is bullshit behavior and soft ghosting is bullshit behavior. It's all the same thing. It all comes from the same place. Don't allow somebody else to treat you in this bullshit manner. It is not okay. It's just not. I had a woman who told me basically a soft ghosting story that he still calls now and again. He still acts interested now and again. And she wanted to know, how could I make him want her? And unfortunately, there's all these shysters running around the internet and on YouTube, how to make him want you. It's bullshit, okay? Again, it's bullshit. I told her, you can't make him want you. And why do you want him? That's the question. I said to her, why do you want him? And I said, stop focusing on him and start focusing on you. And I said, stop making excuses for bad behavior. She told me that he had all these different things that went on. And again, I'm going to say this to you. If somebody has an emergency in the family, they should be pulling their significant other closer to them, not pushing them away. If they're pushing them away, that's a problem. You don't want somebody who pushes you away in times of crisis. So don't make excuses for them. Oh, they're going through this, they're going through that. Those are the times they should pull you closer. The formula is I want A. A doesn't want me but says just enough to string me along and keep me interested and also make me crazy. That is the definition of now what we're calling soft ghosting. It's, again, ridiculous. It's, again, bullshit. He said to her, I sometimes wonder if someone better is out there for me. He says this to her. If someone says that to you, you go, really? turn around, and the last thing they see is your head bouncing out of the door, never to return. That, that, that saying alone is worth a door slam and never looking back. Coupled with all this other, disappear for a week, call you, say, hey, babe, how you doing? Hang up. Oh, he still loves me. No, he doesn't love you because he just disappeared for a week. Why are you ignoring the he just disappeared for a week? He told her that he can't open up and be vulnerable. And she's like, oh, my God. Like, I want to be there for him. And whenever he, whenever he decides that he can open up and be vulnerable, I want to be there for him. I want to be the one that he finally opens up to and is vulnerable. And what I say to that is bullshit. That's bullshit. That and 250 will get you some coffee at Starbucks. It's a bullshit. She wanted to know what kept him interested for two years. Because they were in a relationship before he started all this nonsense for two years. Now is not the time to be asking this question. And now is not the time to be asking me this question. The questions are for you. What did you do to allow this bullshit behavior? I have seen over the years, and this happened to me too, 
a lot of people just saying, I'm confused. And I'm confused is a way to keep you in the game and hoping they become unconfused and you win. But it very rarely happens. I'm confused is the excuse for doing exactly what they want to do. Somebody's saying, I sometimes wonder if someone better is out there is like getting hit with a two by four that says, go home, never talk to this person again as long as you live. That's what that says. Number one, wants to be with me, not wonders if someone better is out there. The minute they say that, you want to be with somebody who knows you are the sun, the moon, the stars, and there is nobody better. Nobody better on this earth. And she keeps saying, well, if he did X and I did Z, we'd be happy. But he's not doing X, you're not doing Z, and you're not happy. And you're just making excuses for him to hang on to what's a rotting corpse of a relationship. It's a rotting corpse of a relationship. Bury it and move along. This whole soft ghosting thing is ridiculous. I was seeing a guy. And I've talked about him. He's in, he's in Getting Past Your Breakup. And I've talked about him on the podcast. And I've talked about him in the Facebook group. And I've talked about him to boot camps and stuff. But we graduated graduate school together. We were seeing each other. And he had this ex-wife. And this ex-wife ran his life. Ran how he saw his children and when he saw his children. He got married after that and had another kid. And the kids from the first marriage never met the kid from the second marriage. Never. And one day, and I think I might have talked about this on on a previous podcast. One day, he goes home and the wife is gone with the, the daughter. The second marriage. Gone. Absolutely gone. She was not playing second fiddle to the first wife. And the first wife ran him around by the nose. And I figured we were okay because I was not going to have children with him. And we were going for graduation. Now, I knew that at Christmas time, he spent Christmas with his ex and his kids. And I acquiesced to that. New Year's, I went. he was a musician. I went to see him play and had a great time. A really, really, really fun time. Even though he was playing, I was sitting with all the wives and girlfriends of the people in the band. We just had a blast. We had a great time. It was a great band in Boston. It was New Year's Eve. I had a wonderful time. Two weeks later, we graduated from graduate school. And he wants his kids to see him graduate with his master's degree. And and we had plans for dinner. We were going to spend the whole weekend there because we had, we had to do all kinds of graduation things. And a friend of mine was going to bring my kids in for the graduation. And then afterwards, we were going to have dinner. My kids, his kids, my friend. And he says, my ex-wife is coming. And I said, okay. And he said, well, let's not do dinner together. I'll do dinner with them and you'll do dinner with your kids. And I went, no, no, absolutely not. If you do that, I'm out of here. So the first time in all those years, now his kids were teenagers. First time in all those years they'd ever seen him with another woman. And hell hath no fury like a first wife who knows she's losing control. Oh, oh, she raised the roof. Oh, she raised the roof. She sat through dinner with gritted teeth. She wasn't happy. You could tell she wasn't happy. My friend said you could cut the tension like a knife. And I didn't care. I'm like, I'm not his second wife. I'm not putting up with this. 
And had I a child with him, oh my goodness, it, it would have been so different than what actually happened. It's the first time he ever rebelled against her, ever bucked the system. And things just went downhill from there. His son broke his ankle and had to go into the hospital and have it set and put screws in. And she said, no girlfriends at the hospital. And he was like, I mean, I had no plans of going to the hospital. That wasn't any of my plans. But every single, I mean, she made him pay. She made him pay for that graduation dinner. She was seething, seething that he introduced a woman to his children, who was obviously a girlfriend. And he slowly disappeared. And then he had a friend who was dying and they had like, it was sort of like a a funeral before the guy died. It was like they were doing a fundraiser for his burial cost. He was terminally ill and, and everybody was going there and they were all going to do tributes to him and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And he had originally asked me to go. And then at the last minute, he rescinded the invitation. And I was like, what the hell's going on? And slowly he disappeared, 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 disappeared. And I thought there was somebody else. And I told Michael this story when Michael and I started seeing each other. I told Michael the story and Michael said, oh, he was seeing someone else. And other people have said, no, it was the ex-wife. The ex-wife rained hell and damnation on his head because he broke the rules when he brought me to the graduation dinner. Me and my kids. And my kids and his kids got along really well, really liked each other. And he was furious that she was there, but she was more furious that I was there. So the very first time that he steps out of line, she pulls the hammer down. She made him so miserable after that. So miserable. Called him for every little thing and he's running and running and running. And I'm like, oh no, 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 no. And he would go days without talking to me. This is somebody I used to talk to every night of the week. And we were friends before we ever went out. We talked on the phone every night of the week before that. And he couldn't rein her back in. She was going to make his life a living hell because he had the audacity, the audacity to introduce a girlfriend to his teenage children. So it was absurd, absolutely absurd. And then he never really had a nickname for me. Every now and again, he, you know, he, because we were friends, you know, he called me by my name many, many times, but he would occasionally call me babe or baby or something like that. But I know that the girlfriend before me, that was a long-term serious girlfriend, his nickname for her was Peach. And during this sort of what you would now call a soft ghosting period, He sent me a message that said, sorry, Peach, I'm going to rehearsal tonight. I can't see you, blah, blah, blah. And for me, that was the final straw. I'd been with you. I was your friend for a year and a half. I've been seeing you romantically for about eight months now. And all of a sudden, you're calling me by your ex-girlfriend's, you know, nickname. And I'm not seeing you. And for me, that was just lights out time. That would have been called soft ghosting. And had I not put an end to that, I never would have met Michael. If I was willing to be strung along by all that nonsense, because I knew where I was coming from, I knew. Because everything was great. Everything was more than great. 
up until graduation day. In fact, graduation weekend before that dinner was just fabulous. We had a fabulous time. We had been together about three straight days. We had gone to different activities. We had gone to different parties. Graduation night, after all the kids went home to their respective homes, my friend took my kids home. We went to a graduation party. Everything was great. Right after that, hell and damnation. And I, that was uh, the middle of January, and I broke up with him in the middle of February. I mean, I broke up with him in the middle of March. Things went downhill very, very quickly. And I went, oh, I'm not doing this. I am not doing this. Now, the other thing was I had talked about the fact that I was following the Amber Geiger trial. Somebody asked me what I thought about it. And I don't want to get political. Um, I have some political feelings about it. But there was no politics or race that was in, inherent in the trial. But she pissed me off because she was the only woman on the crime, I forget what it was called, the, the crime something team, CRT, crime reaction team. They were covering for SWAT or something like that that day. But she was sexting with her married partner. She had had a physical relationship with her married partner. And on the stand, she said, I know it was wrong, morally wrong, blah, blah, blah. But sending sexy text is also wrong. Even if you ended the physical relationship, sending those those texts and sending provocative pictures of yourself, you might as well be having sex. But she was on the phone. She was not paying attention. She was distracted by this. I mean, everything that I rail against people saying about women, she did. She got, she was the only woman on the CRT. You know, she was going up the ranks. And then she gets into this dumb relationship with this guy. And I was like, I was looking at him on the stand because he testified. I was like, what the hell did she see in him? But that's besides the point because he was married is married. I don't know if he's going to last or not, but after, you know, the relationship gets splashed all over the world. But it's like, come on. I mean, I, I know a lot of women will say, oh, it's not up to me to be a pioneer, blah, blah, blah. But it's like, yeah, it is. It's like you have a responsibility to show that women can be in these positions and to take them seriously and responsibly. And that's not what she did. You know, if she was distracted by the, the sex thing, that's one thing. But it shouldn't have been going on in the first place. And I see judges in court now for automobile accidents where one person suing the other and the, the judge will say, let me see your phone. And they'll say, oh, look, the accident happened at four o'clock and from 3.20 to 3.58, you're on your phone. Now, a lot of people will say I was hands-free but you're still distracted. It's like, you know, I saw one case where the judge saw this guy. He had made five different phone calls in a matter of 45 minutes. And the judge is like, you had to be thinking about everything except what was in front of you when he barreled into the car in front of him. I mean, I am always, always, always harping on observation. Observation is a very important part of this program. You have to learn to be observant. This is what I say about frame of reference and observation. They go together. And if you are constantly on the phone, there's no way you are doing observation the way it's meant to be done. And I implore people to stay off the friggin' phone. 
And I'm seeing judges more and more saying, let me see that phone. Let me see that phone. Oh, this is when the accident happened. Funny, it looks like you are on your phone. And it doesn't matter that it was hands-free. It matters that you were distracted. I tell people this all the time. But what Amber Geiger did from the time that she started the physical relationship with Martin Rivera, her police partner, she was wrong. I lived in Dallas for two years and I found it to be a racist city. I left because of it. And I know that race didn't come into play in the trial, like in the trial itself. But I found her just as a woman, just as somebody who's, I mean, she's like, I'm like the same size she is. You know, somebody who's small in stature, who's a female, can prove I can do this job just as well as any man can. And then you go do this bullshit. You get into a sexual relationship with a married guy. You make the rest of us look like idiots. And I know there's women out there that say, I have I have no responsibility to women to make them look one way or another. I know that there's women that feel that way. But when all of this shit comes to light, you look like a dirtbag. You look like a dirtbag. And I always say, you don't owe, she didn't owe Martin Rivera's wife any loyalty. And I stand on that. But she got up on that stand and she said she ended the relationship because she knew it was morally wrong. But then they continued to send provocative pictures and sexy texts to each other. And they both deleted texts the night that she shot her neighbor dead in his own apartment. So it was continuing on some level. And to me, that is just abhorrent. It's, you know, she scrubbed most of her social media, but some of the social media that was left on there that people were able to grab on Pinterest was racist. And I'm not commenting on the racial overtones of this case, but everything she did up until the point where she shot him and then didn't give him CPR It was all wrong. I mean, it was wrong from the time she started having a relationship with Martin Rivera. As soon as she started doing that, I come from a civil servant family. My brother was on the FDNY. My nephew's on the FDNY. My cousin was on the NYPD. My uncle was a transit cop in New York City. I didn't go on the NYPD because of my eyesight. At the time that I wanted to go, your eyes had to be 20-40 without glasses. Couldn't be worse than that. And my eyes are worse than that. And, you know, I just feel when something happens like this, where Amber Geiger is taking someone's life and then she's on trial for murder and then all of this bullshit behavior of hers comes out. It's like, what were you thinking? And she was on the phone with him and she was texting him and a ridiculous, ridiculous, ridiculous And yes, I hear the people who say, oh, she didn't have any, she didn't have to, she didn't have to be responsible for women and how they look and blah, blah, blah. Okay, fine. But as a human being, she looks awful. Awful, awful, awful. And Mara Rivera looks awful too. And I don't know why he still has his job because he destroyed evidence that night. But anyway, I won't go there, but... I tell people, if you don't want the whole world to see what you're texting, don't text provocative photos. Don't text sexy whatevers. And don't have affairs with married people. I mean, it's not just that his wife knows, that everybody knows. The whole world knows. It's disgusting. I mean, I thought that her behavior, all of her behavior was absolutely abhorrent. Absolutely abhorrent. 
But the inattentiveness, this is something that I talk about. Now, you don't need to have the observation skills of a police officer, but you do need to have observation skills. You do need to listen to people. And everyone is becoming so distracted that they're just in a perpetual state of distraction. I want you guys to bring it back to observation. Put down the damn phone. Put it down. Learn to not go for it the minute you feel bored. Go to the workbook and go through all the observation exercises. They are very, very important, especially if you're going to be dating. You need those observation skills. You absolutely need them. And this is why Catfish is successful for seven seasons because they're not paying any attention to anything. They are just discarding anything that doesn't work with their idea of who this person is on the other end. They've built up this fantasy person and anything that doesn't match that fantasy person, they discard. That's not how observation works. Observation works where you take everything in and you objectively and critically review the evidence and the words, the action, everything you have. Somebody could say, oh, I'll be there for you. Anybody can say that. But most people have trouble actually doing that. And if somebody's on the other end say, oh, well, you know, if that happened to me, I would be there for you. Or, oh, your ex is so crazy, you know, not, not doing this for you. Oh, I would have done that for you. It's easy to say those things. Come on. What matters is if you're doing those things and people are not taking into account that the other person's not doing the thing. It's all just words. Observation skills are very, very important. And if somebody's ghosting you or soft ghosting you or saying, oh, well, you know, if I put money on your Starbucks card, it means I still love you. Bullshit. That's absolutely bullshit. Don't allow soft ghosting, quote unquote. Don't allow ghosting. And if you watch that ridiculous show on MTV, it's just like, oh my God, they're trying to make it into catfish, but it's not. Because once you have a relationship with somebody and they ghost you, that should be it. Goodbye, end of story. You don't need, quote unquote, closure. Closure comes from inside you. And if somebody has ghosted you or somebody has semi-ghosted you, somebody has soft ghosted you, whatever the hell you want to call it, It's not okay. Love is an action. I'm grateful for you is an action. I care about you is an action. It's all action. If somebody's ghosting you, those those are not actions. That's the exact opposite. It's inaction. And you have to put a period and end it. That's what you need to do. And if you don't do that, then there's going to be a problem. So anyway, this is Susan Elliott, host of Me Lady Talking Podcast. I am doing this reboot of episode 74 and on episode 76, which I'm going to be recording in a little bit. I'm going to try to get all these out together. I'll, I'll go and give my meanies a shout out. I didn't do it on this one, but I'll do it on the next one. Thanks a lot, guys, especially my meanies. Take care, everybody. Talk to you later. And hey, let's be careful out there. Observe, observe, observe. Susan Elliott, me lady talking. Talk to you guys later. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye.